if you've been tracking with us, and even if you haven't, our current conversation has been around what is better known as the names of God. And yet we've discovered that in reality, our interaction with that concept can either empower us or limit us. And the whole idea is because many times we've been given these names of God that we don't seem to be able to interact with them, we don't see how they benefit us, or we've called upon them. And we wonder, like, I mean, you know the scripture there that shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Now you get confused. Which name? Which name do you call upon? And what does that even mean? So if you've been tracking with us, somehow there's light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, yes. You're beginning to see the clarity of what is possible. So we continue to kind of discuss this, but we will soon transit and see. Remember, we're talking about God as Father and God as God. Sovereign versus relational. And see, in the New Testament, did we dispense with this one? So far, we've looked at 13 names. And I'll keep using the term in quote, names of God. Now I want to look at the 14th one. And at this point, I want to look at what is the, how do we take all these, are we supposed to remember them all? <laughs> are we supposed, what are we supposed to do? And so, I think also when you yes. say 14 names, yes. by now, if you've been tracking, you know that we have come down to a place of saying, listen, these are not names but realities. This is something that I need to work with. Meaning, I don't have to keep remembering the name, I want to remember the experience. And I want to remember the reality. I want to remember the definition of that name because it has to become me. And like you're saying, you're looking at the 14th name. Now this one, nobody knows this name. More than atheists. Yes. non-believers, yep. people who have a problem with church, people yes. who want to look for a loophole where they can criticize what you're doing, yep. you know, and this is the name that we call the God, the jealous God, uh-huh. Elkanah, yes. the Lord who is jealous, that's what people say, uh-huh. the jealous God, yes. and they say we can even show you scripture. Uh-huh. Now I'm telling you, many Christians <laughs> don't even use this name, they don't even know it, yes. but I'm telling you, Talk to an atheist. Yep. If you want to know somebody who has a problem with church, yes. this is where they go. And the sad thing is where Christians or preachers have used it, it has been a name for threats. Mm. Yep. It has been a name that terrifies us, that is out of sync with our understanding of God. And actually, why this name is important to understand yeah. is because it's also one of the names that has caused us discomfort. Mm. And yes. it made, made it difficult for us to reconcile a loving God mm. with this name. <laughs> this name. Yes. And I think today, when we talk about this name, we are praying that maybe you're among the people who are stuck on, okay, wait, is God jealous? Because when I use the word jealous yes. and I interpret it in English, yeah. I'm like my friend. Yeah. God has a problem. With this God, <laughs> with everything else we've done, yes. that's the most. This name, like we said, has been such a stumbling block. Yes. To unbelievers, mm-hmm. to atheists, and even some believers. Yeah. And, and it's like the like you're saying, it is in the main book of the atheists. Yes. This one, the, the first thing they start with. Cornerstone, what is God jealous of yes. me? Okay. Yes. He created me and now yes. he's jealous. Yeah. The questions they ask in ignorance, when you talk about when in, in darkness, there are questions you'll ask. Yes. But when the light comes, you look at Surely. it and say, you know what? Surely. I don't even have time for that. When yeah. somebody comes and starts telling me, let's discuss about this God who is jealous. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not sure I have that time. Exactly. Do you know? And then I think it's good you've raised that. Yeah. Because this is going to be important going forward as you discuss with people. That now that you're learning, 
that the meaning and terms of words yes. carry different weight. Mm -hmm. When people come to you with a prepackaged name of God, yes. a prepackaged concept of God, mm -hmm. don't enter their box. Yes. Step out and say, that description you have, is it even accurate? Mm -hmm. Before we discuss this whole conversation, yes. you come and say, but your God is, I say, wait, how do you know my God is? And this usually amuses me with atheists because they say, you are God, which is a jealous God, but they say that God doesn't exist. So why are you discussing the God that doesn't exist mm. that you're calling jealous? So you actually acknowledge that you believe he exists, but if you could prove he's jealous, you're free of him. And another thing I always find funny yes. when it comes to discussing uh -huh. matters God yes. is where somebody comes and tells you, your God is this. If, if it's a Muslim, for example, yes. or an atheist, they'll tell you, your God is in your yes. Let me ask you, are you discussing my God? Yes. You have your God. Yeah, well, we... Why do you have to talk about this? But the problem is many believers think the they need to defend God. Yes, if you're still in the camp, the things you need to defend God. Please get out of close the camp. Close, close that camp. God doesn't need our defense. That, he doesn't need us to come and fight each other to defend him. That camp is not an outpost of the kingdom. <laughs> it's not a, it's not, not one a of, mission. No, it's not one of the, 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 the areas yes. that the kingdom has on record as operational. Yes. Because it does not require your help. Does not require your defense. Yes. Does not require your arguments. Yes. That's the truth. And those of you who also are busy policing the church, mm. the police, you can tell who is teaching error, who is teaching good. Listen, truth does not require defense. It doesn't. And nobody is, is fooled enough to fall for what you think they are falling for. I love the way Paul rounds it up. Yeah. In all this, Christ is preached. Christ is preached. Whether for gain, whether for deceit, whether, listen, ultimately, in other words, <laughs> it's like money. You can steal it, you can con to get it, you can trade to get it, you will not change the nature of the money. You are the problem. And you see, when somebody comes and says, let's argue, let's argue, Jesus is not real. As you discuss that, it's a matter of Christ is preached. Oh, yeah. There's a seed which will be dropped. That. Will be dropped. So do not go into the business of defending God. He's no. okay without our defense. And yes. again, let's not go into matters that are not bringing us closer to God. They are not bringing us to a place of more knowledge of Him, which empowers us in the earth. And that is where when you talk about the name of God, Elkanah, mm. we are saying, guys, mm. it's time. Let's look at this name again. Because yes. if it contradicts the nature and character of God, mm. then we know we are wrong. Something not is wrong. Him. So, not uh, him. Yeah, so on the very surface, yeah. the scriptures we're going to look like, we seem to agree with the negative connotation mm -hmm. of jealousy. Okay. Because yeah. it depends, like we said, from the personality or the, the prejudice that you're looking at it from. Mm. So let's look at some scriptures. And on the surface, these are the scriptures we've had shared before. And some of us also literally yeah. think this to be true. Right. Exodus 20. Mm -hmm. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me. Mm. That is Exodus 20, verse right. 5. Yes. So, this is one of the scriptures used for curses. <laughs> That's why I put it here. Yes. Because the context here is that the reason God is supposedly cursing you is because he's jealous. Mm. So you think about it this way. 
Many of us have been taught that curses come because of the iniquity of the fathers. But the atheists will start the scripture correctly. That's a sad thing. <laughs> they will say no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Let's talk about curses. Yes. Let's go first of yeah. all where it this starts. This God is jealous. Hmm. He is so jealous. So that means if you to read this from an atheist perspective, God here is not visiting you the curse because you did wrong. He's visiting you the curse because he's jealous. Wait a minute. God that's, is jealous. That's not the nature. So much so he's so jealous mm. that he now causes a curse to come through generations. That jealousy. That means God is more emotional than you. Because I, mean, I will not do that. I mean, yes, I would be I jealous. I would not do that. <laughs> I would be angry with people, I would be offended, but I would not cast them. Mm. And that tells me, we always say that, if I read something yes. that tells me something contradictory yes. to the nature and character of God, Absolutely. then I have to stop yes. and say the word jealous there cannot be. Of course, Absolutely. we look at another scripture, yes. Exodus 34, mm-hmm. for you shall not worship any other God, for the Lord, for the Lord whose name is jealous, mm-hmm. is a jealous God. Aha. Whose name is jealous. jealous is a jealous, jealous God. God. That's Exodus 34 verse 14. Yes. The God whose name is jealous is a jealous God. In other words, Something how more plain, working. how more plain <laughs> can this scripture yes. be given? Not only does he visit iniquity, if you worship any other God, my name is jealous. Leave alone my nature. He's a jealous God. Now we have to combine these two scriptures to interpret correctly. Now, let's look at every other name we've seen of God. Mm-hmm. How can this one name contradict everything God. else we have seen? Everything else we have read about. Yes. So that means either we have misinterpreted yes. or as usual, which is the correct issue here, is that we have as usual seen God through our own image in our own likeness. And let me tell you what makes this scripture even more of a problem. In the book of Galatians chapter 5, you know, listing the works of the flesh. <laughs> it says what? <laughs> it says, among other things, those who practice jealousy, envy, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Guys. So based on that scripture, <laughs> God himself is outside his kingdom. He's already, he's already on the outside. That tells you something is wrong, guys. I mean, if you come and say that, if you are if you operate in yes, jealousy, yes. it means yeah. you will not inherit the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Then God says, "I am." I am jealous. jealous. So how can jealousy I'm be found? I'm already outside of my kingdom. How can jealousy be found with the king? Oh. In the kingdom, something is not right. We need to look at this word again. Yes. We need to go through so, it again. Please do. So let's look at jealousy properly. All right. And now we're looking at the context of the terms used. El Khan. The term, of, the term jealousy used there has got nothing to do with our understanding of jealousy. Right? Yes. And sometimes the sad thing is that English does not have another word for this term. And that's so, what we always tell yeah. people. English is a shallow language. Very limited. Yeah. To the term that was used. Mm-hmm. And the closest rendering was this term. Now, jealousy has to be understood within the context, one, of the nature of the person being described and two, the object of jealousy. Listen carefully. Okay. If you want to understand jealousy, you have to start by first understanding the nature 
of the person to whom that attribute is given. Okay. And two, the object to which that jealousy is aimed at. Mm -hmm. Without that, you can't correctly interpret this statement. So, let's first look at what I would call negative jealousy, which is what we think this scripture is saying. Which is the word or the interpretation we are taking exactly. to this scripture. Yes. So, this is a word for men in the earth. Exactly. That's why we are calling it negative, a fallen yes. man. Yes. When they are jealous, this is exactly. what it is. Yeah? So, this jealousy yeah. is the one we describe in Galatians 5. Hmm. It's not the one ascribed to God whose name is jealous. Okay. Right? So this negative jealousy is where you have a desire for something that is not yours. And offense at another person's success or benefiting, which you think should be for yours. Think what I just said. Yes. It means negative jealousy is when I have a desire for something that is not mine. Okay. So that thing belongs to someone else. But the fact that I don't have it and I'm not getting it offends me and I feel bad that they have it. That is jealous. Okay? And I am offended even when they succeed or do well because I think that should be me. Mm. Alright? So that now, is now what you're calling yeah. negative. So let's ask. Good definition. Let's measure this against God before right. we look at the definition. <laughs> is there anything that is not God's? Is there anything God can desire that is not His? That is not His and He feels bad that you have it. And He doesn't have And He doesn't have That's it. That's the first way to measure it. <laughs> Alright? Uh, well, unless it's a God created by men. Yes. Yes. Now well, that's where we will go. Now you understand mm -hmm. what that means. Yes. And then the next thing is, is there something that we can so succeed in, mm -hmm. do so well, yes. that God feels it should be given to him? Looking at you, it. down in the earth, his own creation has so there succeeded that he actually feels so old. No. How go. can you succeed like this? So that means something so is wrong. Not... So that's not the one discussion. Okay. Now, Elkanah, the God of jealousy. That is righteous or godly jealousy. Let me explain what that is. It is a feeling of jealousy, lack of a better term, or of zeal that comes out of protection, concern, and love. And it is anger against that which will destroy the object that you have. Let's go back. Right? We'll go back to it again. So this the best way to explain it is this way. And that will explain to you the other part where God says visiting iniquity. Okay. It talks about being a jealous God. And if you worship other gods. It means this is God's anger with the thing that is misleading you away from him that will destroy you. So God is not jealous of you. Yes. God is jealous for you. <laughs> Explain the two. <laughs> Let me bring it down. Okay. In many circumstances, as you grow older, our age, there are things that you see the youth, the children, and so on, getting involved with that you know will harm them. Okay. And so when you step in, out of concern, love, sometimes even anger. Yes. Over that issue, because you know it will destroy them. Your anger is for them, not against them. So when you talk about this person is ignorant of yes. the danger they are in, yes. and that is us now. Assume yes. now you're talking about here God. Yes. He's looking at us and saying, you're ignorant of the danger that you're getting yourself in. Yes. So the jealous is for you. For you. It's to build you. It's to bring you to a good place. Yes. 
not finish yes, you. What is jealousy for you? Mm. I expect better for you. Okay. Lesser is going to destroy you. Mm. So I am jealous that you're missing out on the good. And heading to the bad. No, what, what is funny about this particular jealousy is that the person who carries it is really actually the jealous one. But the person you're trying to protect is the one who calls you jealous. Not when they look at you, they say you're jealous. You're jealous of now, my you said something. Success. Let's go back first. Yes. You said this godly jealousy mm -hmm. is out of protection, yes. out of care, yes. out of concern, out exactly. of love, yes. that God is looking at you and saying, listen, you're not going to miss out on mm -hmm. this. You're not going to miss on what I have already ordained for you. Yes. So he's protecting you. There he's you caring. He's, he's, he's concerned about you. Mm -hmm. Now, somebody looking from outside will say, listen, he's jealous. He's jealous. jealous. This person is jealous. Yes. And that's where the problem comes from. Mm -hmm. And if you understand that correctly, then you'll understand from scripture. Yes. The whole understanding that when God says, when they go after other gods, they shall go through this third and fourth generation. What does it mean? It means once you have a wrong God in mind, yes. you will miss little generations. And the outcome will be what you call a curse. I did not curse you. I, I, I would love you to repeat that. I would love you to repeat that. You see, the principle is that when you take that journey and you worship other gods. Okay. When you focus and think the solution will come from elsewhere. Mm -hmm. My jealousy for you is that I am trying to stop you. And that's why, how does that jealousy work? Sometimes the jealousy works in a way that the thing that was going to destroy you, God allows it to get destroyed hmm. for you. And that's why there's another thing that says that is a jealous God who is a consuming fire. Hmm. Now, many, many, many sane peddlers say that that fire will <laughs> consume us. The no. fire is consuming what is destroying problem, you, what is against you, what is coming to stop exactly. you from experiencing Sometimes God. when the fire is consuming that thing, mm -hmm. you think the one who is concerned for you is against you. Let's, let's, let's take this thing to the ground, yes. bring it home. Yes. Give an example yes. where somebody says, okay, here I am, mm -hmm. this is thing is trying to destroy me, there is yes. fire. Yes. Bring all this to, to a okay. practical situation. Let, let us take a scenario. Yeah. Let's say I know somebody has begun a relationship with somebody I know is dangerous. And I know for a fact that they are being misled. Mm -hmm. Because I know the character of the person, I know what they have done, I know where they are coming from, I know how much they are lying about the situation. But the person who is the object of my jealousy is so in love with the other person. So I step in and I expose the other person. So this person is ignorant of the danger exactly in this other person. Yes. So you are now coming to expose their danger. Exactly. Okay. So what is their response to me? I am jealous. <laughs> I don't want their joy. I don't want their life to go well. I don't want them to do this. Historically, even within ministry, there are people we have treated in what seems to be harsh by making a decision that most people felt was wrong. But those decisions, we had to search our heart and be sure we are doing it out of love. We had to believe that the final outcome, they will see the point. And in just about all, they eventually came back and said, now I see. Now I see where you're going with this. Now I see why you refuse to support me in this. Now I see why do you not. So sometimes we have this thing, God, why aren't you helping me in this? 
Why, you Why are you not audience? raising men and women yes. to come and help me Why get out of this situation? So you don't like me. Hmm. You see, that's a principle. Yes. So if you understand that concept, so when the Old Testament writers would write and say, he's a consuming fire, mm. God has never consumed you. You are his son. Wow, wow. That is why mm-hmm. the consuming fire, listen, the only reference they have of a consuming fire in the Old Testament is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Please explain to me what God meant. And who's God alive. is a consuming fire. Yes. But when we see the three Hebrew boys in the fire, yes. we do not see God consuming them. them. He's consuming anything and everything around you that will make you come short of his glory. He's saying, listen, you've come short. I want you to come to this place of enjoying the life of God in the earth. Exactly. What is that thing stopping you? Now. I'm jealous. Yes. I'm protecting you. I'm concerned. I love you. That's what we call godly jealous. Exactly. Yes. So even though God is a consuming fire, God does not start fires. Oh, yes. Anyone who thinks that yes. God is in the business of fire. Yes, God did not set up a system mm-hmm. where he's going to be busy sitting with angels, meeting out deals <laughs> and at the same time punishments. Hmm. That's not how heaven works. That's not how yeah. the kingdom of God works. The reality is this. God set predetermined outcomes. So the fact that something is going to go wrong is already in play. Hmm. It's, it's like gravity. You jump out of a building, you're going down. Yes. You don't jump out of a building, stick in the air, then a, a demon comes and pushes you down. <laughs> it's a preset outcome. So the idea is this, is that when we understand this dimension of God, it is good for us. Mm. When he says that, yes. I am a jealous God, he's trying yes. to tell you, listen, I care, I protect, I yes. love you, and therefore I'll do anything. Exactly. If it is the consuming fire, men start fire, I come as yeah. fire yes. and consume their fire. I'm Simple. not consuming you. Simple. God is consuming the fire that is trying to consume you. Yes. And that is why when we talk about the three Hebrew boys, yeah. we say that there's a fourth man. Fourth man. Who is really the first yes. man. Yeah, in fact, it's good you say that statement. You see, Nebuchadnezzar yeah. um, has an insight. It says, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? Behold, I see four men walking. Two different dynamics. Yes. So many of us will say he was the fourth man. And I know there's some amazing preachings on the fourth man. I would like to put it this way. He was the first man. If he was the fourth man, he would have to start stopping the fire, cleaning them up. If he's the first man, he regulated the heat before they ever entered. And he is a consuming fire. So the minute they entered the fire, wow. he had set the frequency that was correct for them. They had to walk around. Yes, but Chill. wrong for anything else that needed to be consumed. Guys, Jehovah Shalom. <laughs> Jehovah Shalom. Yes. Shalom, Shalom. Yes. Jehovah Shalom. This is another one we know. We don't yeah. Like I said, if you want to learn many names, look for songs. Oh, yes. That's where we usually put them. Mm. And the, the, the Lord Jehovah Shalom actually says the Lord is peace. The Lord is, is peace. Not will be, not was, is peace. But the term peace here is, let, let me just say again, remove our concept of peace. In our concept of peace, peace is absence of war. Peace is when nobody is confronted. Yes. Peace is when everybody has stood back. So peace is when we have agreed not to fight. <laughs> we had peace. That's what we call that peace. Yes. Yet we know that that doesn't solve anything. Sometimes it is just a pause 
before more trouble comes. That's not what this scripture is about. And this, interestingly, one of the most used terms in Yahushua appears once in the Old Testament. In terms of Hebrew. They are, the funny thing, even though it appears once as a term, it is used so many times in terms of reference. Okay. So get the difference. So the, the, the actual term is used once. Alright. But everybody was so aware of this reality that you also hear it a lot. Mm -hmm. It was a major reference point in scripture. And I like what you said, going yes. back to Jehovah Shalom. Yes. That the Lord is uh -huh. is. Yes. Not you know most of the time we say Jehovah the um uh, Jehovah Shalom mm -hmm. is the Lord my peace. Yes. No. Yes. When you say Jehovah my peace, mm -hmm. you are saying there is peace out here uh -huh. and there is Jehovah yes. who now picks the peace and it becomes your peace. Uh -huh. But when you say Jehovah is peace, that is a personality. Yes. He is. You cannot yes. separate him. It's the same when we say God is love. You cannot separate. It's actually one of the names of Jesus. Yes. He's peace. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, the background to the story yeah. found in uh, Judges 6, and of course we keep putting the scriptures that you have a reference point. Yeah. Judges 6, 24. Others will just be running and you wonder where did this come from. <laughs> just, just read it out then I'll give the context. Alright? Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, the Lord is peace. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> many of us use the, the idea of peace, like we've said, as an absence of something. Okay. Alright? Or, or uh, an avoidance of things. Mm -hmm. Now, the way he used it there, here, you have to understand the background of why did he build an altar and call that place. Again, these are context to keep finding in scripture. He builds an altar and calls the altar, the Lord is peace. But where did he get the background to come up with that concept? Now, if you know Gideon well, and if you follow the story of Gideon, you will now begin to see where we are headed. Right? But before I tell you his story, I want you to have this concept of what Shalom means. It means everything working in perfect order as God intended. Think of that as that means Shalom. Peace. Yes, Shalom. Everything working, working in perfect order as God intended. Exactly. It's a very that good means, thing to yes. hold on to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That means you are okay spiritually. You are okay mentally. Yes. You are okay intellectually. That's one phrase. Many Christians, that's their idea of peace. No, that is not a complete shalom. You have to add physically and materially for it to be okay. Okay. For me, <laughs> I would have to go back yes. to those four things and say, yes. as you're watching, mm -hmm. you're going to take time on yes. each and say, stop, yes. think, am I completing this one? Mm -hmm. Am I completing this one. Yes. So when you talk about spiritually, yes. what does that mean? When you talk about working in perfect order, as yes. God intended, yes. alright? And somebody tells you, you need to be complete spiritually, what does that mean? You see, this is the thing. I use the term spiritually because that's what the context. I have to use. We are breaking them down. The idea to break it down, yeah. but technically that should be your natural Yes. Peace. Spiritually yes. means me and God, we are connected. And I know. I know. You know the times when you know I'm you're connected. From a place that I know that I know. Mm. Like you know, so far the names we're talking about is like the reality to me. That's a so, good way. I always ask questions after this. So yes. when we say that spiritually I'm connected and I can stand in perfect, um, I can stand in this place where I can say confidently that you know what, 
me and my father at this point in time like Jesus I do what I see my father do when you come and find me you will always notice there is a word that is pushing me to do what I do yeah. there is a spiritual instruction that is causing me to do what I do in the natural mm. that's what we are calling spiritually yes you know yes. mentally mentally means there is no way I can say I'm spiritually connected but I have worry and stress that's mental mm-hmm. so mentally is not denial Mm, yeah. Mentally is not trying to enforce peace. Okay. <laughs> okay. You say, I'm at peace, I'm at peace, I'm at peace, I'm at peace. That very statement alone means you're not at I peace. Have to do this. Some people will know. I'm very deliberate with that. I will not mention anything, right. not to offend any anyone, religion, but, really, but what is that what you get what that means. It means trying to pretend nothing is going on. Okay. Right? So mentally, because yes. you know why I'm saying we go through those four yes. things? Because if you talk about mentally, today, why do we sit and hear of something that will shock you so and so committed suicide exactly. so and so is in depression yes. so and so is in hospital yes. so and so has just withdrawn yep. why mentally you are not at peace exactly. there is no perfect order in your mind there is no perfect order and that is a blessing when you come and say you know what I can sit and eat and laugh enjoy mm. the work of my hands because mentally I am at peace Yes, and that is a deadly place yes it is because we normally say but the guy was so calm it was so okay. He spoke to everybody so nicely. So in your mind, he was at peace. No, because there's no conflict, and that's what you yes. started by saying. Peace is not absence peace is of not absence mm-hmm. of conflict. No. So there's some people who externally there's no conflict. Yeah. Internally, mentally, yeah. there's something that. They are that, So when we say shalom, we are saying, I am at peace in terms of based on where I believe. Listen, there's a difference between where I believe and where I am. Based on where I believe God wants me to be, I'm okay. Because that's different places. Okay. Alright, so stop overstressing on where you should be. Yes. Mentally means when I am alone, my mind is not shut. Hmm. My mind is okay. I'm not so worried you can't about sit and yes. say, let me let me say this. When you're talking about mentally, yes. that if you ask someone whose marriage is not working, yes. if you ask a single person who is fighting spiritual battles of I need to be married. Uh-huh. That's what they're talking about mentally. Yes. That this person when they are alone, they're war in their mind because they're like, listen, time is running out. Yeah. I need a wife. I need a husband. Yes. I need a family. Need Everybody around me said, that is what you're talking about, that you're not at peace. Exactly. Somebody else is telling you, listen, I have the husband you're looking for. I have the wife you're looking for. But my friend, it's not working. That is mentally, there's conflict. That's war. Somebody else is telling you, you know what? Me and my husband, yeah. we are fine. Our children, there's no peace there so shalom has no peace. there's no shalom so when you're talking about shalom it's not about that we're talking yes. about business when you're sitting down like this and say tomorrow i'm looking for monday exactly. because I, I enjoy going to work yes. somebody else is telling you on friday i always wish that it something comes. can happen like joshua and stop the sun for a month guys when you talk about mental you're saying listen no. ask yourself when you sit now there watching us and listening and saying that Jehovah Shalom is where everything is working in perfect order as God intended, yes. mentally how are you doing? Exactly. Are you at peace? Yes. And, and when we talk about those things, it means even when I'm sitting and thinking, mm-hmm. the thoughts in my mind yes. are energizing. Oh, yes. I have things I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I have things that are exciting me that I'm being creative. Hmm. That's what Shalom. You can't be creative if Thank there's you. no peace. I'm, I'm being creative, I'm being innovative. 
I'm being intellectual. Yes. All those are partial parameters. Right? Physically? Yes. Now, with those, if you have only those, but you're not doing well physically, something is wrong. Your energy levels and many people think yes. this this point now physically where you say your body is aching, yes. your body is not working. People think that is what we call lack of peace. Yeah. Listen, this is now the third part. Yes. Physically, you could be doing well spiritually and mentally. Yes. And you, of course, you can do mentally well if you're yeah. physical, physically yeah. and well. But when you're telling people that listen, I am not sick, therefore I'm at peace. Exactly. No, that, that, that's what we're talking about. So yes. you're talking here physically that yes. somebody could be ailing, yeah. you still need to say, wait, shalom, working in perfect order as God intended. My body needs to lie down. Um, My body yes. needs to lie down. I'm good and many times when the spiritual and mental faculties are in disorder, the body responds negatively. And there are times when the body responds, we get used to it. Yeah, we actually have just. it and become like, we listen, I'm adjusted to this pain. I now live with this pain. I now live knowing this one, but there are some people who even tell you this yeah. would kill you. Exactly. So I can do with it. No, exactly. without, I mean, you're like, listen, when you talk of shalom, and that's why when you're saying Jehovah Shalom, you're saying, listen, my heart now knows I have to go for my spiritual, my mental, my physical, so far, what we've discussed. Yes. Perfection. Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah. That's where we have to be. And then materially. Material. What does materially generally mean? Mm -hmm. Materially is not riches or poverty. Okay. Materially is being able to control your environment at time. Explain. Meaning, in every stage I am in, I am able to take charge of my basic needs. I'm able to take charge of the things I want to do. I'm able to make decisions. My, my, my life is not governed by what I have or don't have. I have enough. Listen, this is not about not having and being content. Yes. No, 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 no. no. Having and being content. The ability to execute the things you want to do. In other words, we are saying this is the place where I'm okay, I'm connected to God. Yes. My heart is fine. My mind, I'm excited about the ideas and the things that I like to do. My health is okay. I have the resources. I can even go out and do something, but I choose not to. Meaning, I'm not limited, I'm choosing. So, I love what you say. It is not about riches and poverty. It's about being in a place where you can say right now, where I am. Remember, we are on a journey. We are yes. all going to a new place, unless you've settled. But we are going to a place. But where I am today, I'm not limited. Mm -hmm. I can use what I have around me yes. to do what I need to do. Yes. Problem is when materially you are limited. Exactly. Where you are sitting here and saying, listen, if only I had a microphone to do this. Yes. I don't have it now, I'm limited. I cannot do it. I cannot move. It's where you are saying, listen, I would have loved to go and do one, two, three things, but I don't have the money to do that. Exactly. The limitation is what you are saying, that materially you are not at peace. Yes. Okay? You are not in the perfect order that God intended for you. So when you talk about material here, we are not talking about holding, read, no. Always searching for something that you never seem to get. We are talking about being content where you are, yes. but your mind is on a journey yeah. to a new place. In fact, holding and grief mm. already show problem in the mental faculty. I mean, it affects everything else. There's already a problem. <laughs> There's something driving you. Yes. So, are you being driven or are you driving? Mm. Are you being driven or are you driving? Mm. Mm. And I think also when you look at those four things, yes. you look at them and say, listen, if I listen to these four things, they are actually the things that when you sit down and say they are all in place, my life with God, I can sit and look at somebody in the face and tell them, listen, I know the word God has in given God? me and yeah, I'm okay. with it. My mind now will be at peace. 
my body will start healing because it is actually responding out to the word yes. in me. And materially, things will be added. I am not chasing anything. Yes. You realize that is a place where if you're listening and you're true to yourself, that's what you want. That's, that, what you're that's the most for. powerful place to be. Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. Now, why did we take so much time and yet this thing is found around Gideon? Because Gideon is a classic case. Gideon's story starts in the most complicated, confused ways. Yes. The Bible talks about him threshing wheat in the wine press, hiding from the Midianites. In other words, talk of a life in a mess. Yeah. He's under stress. His labor is not being profitable. He's hiding. Everything is going wrong. So that's the first thing we see about Gideon. We do not see that that situation was caused by something else. I want to show you how Shalom steps in. Mm -hmm. By the time the angel is speaking to him, his own perspective of himself is so damaged that even when God tries to give him an assignment, to him, it's, it's a death warning. Right? This cannot work. You do not know who I am and what I'm going through. And, and in fact, even starts to blame. If truly you are God of my forefathers, why don't you see the miracle used to him? Why don't you see all these things? So what is he thinking? It's God who abandoned them. You see how lack of shalom distorts God. I have to mention here, mm. there's so much weed around. So if you hear things, it's The windows, okay. I need to go and close windows because there's heavy wind. Yes. But uh, we praise God because we know it will rain. Yes. All right, and we need the rain. Absolutely. Yeah. So, from that mindset, you begin to realize that he's functioning from a place that we would normally need to refer to as a place called rest. Now, rest does not mean taking a break. Rest does not mean we are no longer functioning. So, shalom is a position called rest. Listen carefully, but it does not mean to take a break. It does not mean to stop acting. Shalom means functioning from a place called rest, meaning operating in a place where you are the four things we say. You are operating from a space that does not limit you in that way. So, please understand. When we say you're ready for shalom, and I begin to understand when Jesus steps and speaks to the storm and says, Shalom. That's when we are speaking about an environment. So, shalom is not something that comes after everything has taken a break. And I think that's what really we want to emphasize. Shalom is not the position you get when everything has stopped. It's not the position you get because now we're in a place where, oh, problems have ended. Conflict has ended. This is not where we are speaking from. In fact, with Gideon, when he gets this revelation, he's not at the end of the problem. This is something Gideon gets before he confronts the problem. That's a very interesting thought to have. That actually the way this whole story started is that the angel comes to him, the angel tells him where he's headed, and then after that the angel says, this is what you're going to do. I want you to understand that you will not die. <laughs> the angel in the preceding verse to what we talked about says, you will definitely not so, think of Gideon. He's in a situation, a word comes to him. In that situation, God speaks to him. As God speaks to him, God says to him, listen, you will not die. Then, he creates an altar. Then, 
he calls the altar Jehovah Shalom. Shalom. Jehovah Shalom, my peace. From that point now, he gets an instruction to go and destroy the gods of his fathers, meaning the idols were the reason for the problem. Remember where we came from? So the idea is that these idols caused the problem by put them where they were. God's solution was, I want you to confront the idols. I want you to deal with the problems. But to do that, you need to operate from a place called Shalom. So, the Shalom was not a result of winning a battle. Thank you. It was not the peace he received after. This is before the war. Exactly. That's so powerful. Exactly. That's so, powerful. so, he is going into dealing with this situation called Jehovah Shalom. Shalom. So, Jehovah Shalom is the mindset we have as we confront situations. Mm. It so is not, not the waiting. result we get with the situation that's all. So if you're in this situation where you yes. feel like, wow, there's no peace, there's conflict mm -hmm. in my mind, and you feel like, you know what, I'm looking for Jehovah Shalom. I look, I'm looking for the peace of God. If I can say this, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Yes. That's what I require now. God tells you, listen, you require it before exactly. the situation. Meaning, if today I come to this place of realizing this is something I need to walk in. So that if I find a situation, I already have the peace of God. Uh -huh. I do not pick the uh, peace of God when are. situations arise. That's the thing. We walk in peace. Now, the power mm -hmm. of that yeah. is this. Yeah. That Jehovah Shalom is a posture that we have irrelevant to what's going on. In fact, it is necessary to confront what's going on. So like you said earlier, that Jehovah Shalom, yes. this peace is not absence of, 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 of conflict. Alright? Yes. It is peace in conflict. Why? Exactly. Because I already have peace of God, rea reality in me of the peace of God. Alright? And this is not something I'll say I'm carrying before the battle. Mm. It is peace that carries you through exactly. the battle. If I have a situation, I don't look for peace. I have it and it will take me through yes. the situation. That's why you hear some people tell me, I was going through an issue. Whether it is physical, remember where we came from? Whether it's a spiritual battle, whether it is mental, yes. whether it is physical, whether yes. it's material. I was going through a situation. But you know what? I laughed through it. When That's people it. look at you, they can't read it on your face. Mm. You don't say, because you have peace that surpasses all these things around exactly. you. That's what we call the peace of God. So this peace comes before. Yes. So this shalom is the technology for thriving in crisis. It is not the end of the crisis. In other words, we are saying you create the atmosphere of the future so that the future will take the shape of your atmosphere. Okay, okay. You create the atmosphere now. So right now, I have the attitude and mentality I will be okay. Therefore, I will be okay. I do not wait for things to be okay to be thankful. That's why the Bible says, in everything give thanks, not after everything. Not for everything. <laughs> in. Everything. In. In the midst. Wow. Give thanks. Why? My thanks is the clarity that the battle has been so there are some people who are sitting down and saying, I want to finish this whole battle. Yes. I want to go through this journey. At the end there, I will be thankful. I will rejoice. Yes. God is telling you, listen, in everything. Why exactly. would you give thanks in the midst of a storm? Because you know him, Jehovah Shalom. 
His peace is in you. Yes. It is what is taking you, carrying you yes. through this whole thing. You normally win the battle in the storm before the storm comes. Oh, yes. You win the battle in Adam. And that is where you hear somebody telling you. If you read, if you read uh, the Psalms yes. and you see David talking yeah. and he's saying about this and he's saying yeah. about yeah. this. And I, permanently, David was in this mode of praising. You wonder, why are you praising God in the midst of your enemies? Why are you yes. praising God when things are happening around you? They look for you. They chase you. David was probably talking about trouble. Yeah, he would talk. He would describe the environment. <laughs> yes. Then he would say, then I saw the hmm. He switches hmm. into the technology yes. for arriving. Yes. You see, many of us are in the battle, not because there's a battle. Yeah. But because we haven't seen the end. Hmm. <laughs> All we see is a prolonged battle. Therefore, we prolong it. <laughs> All you see is that. So I'm not seeing the end of this. You are in a situation where you've not seen the end. You know why? If you see the end, you will pull it into the now. Simple. You see your future, you pull it into Simple. the now. That is why the patriots, when they saw the city, hmm. when they saw that place, they started living in that place here. Exactly. They adjusted their lives here to fit where they are going. Yes. And what happens when you start living here as though you are there, you are just here. This place becomes like there. Absolutely. Yeah? Listen, faith is not speaking the future. All right. Faith is seeing the future and beginning to behave the future. You are living it now. Then the future must come into place. So if I am in a situation, if I'm in this place where there's no peace around me, mm -hmm. there's storm, yes. and I see the future where I'm the winner, yes. how will the future here? Yeah. So what if you're in a storm right now, and things are happening, you're being pushed left, right, and center, and you're looking at the future and saying, listen, when I see the future, I march victorious. See, Therefore, in this storm, I will rejoice. And that is why, when you're being told, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Exactly. Again, I say again please. because I have seen the end. Yes. Once you've seen the end, you lock into a posture called Jehovah Shalom. Mm. Mm. I love that. You lock. You lock. Uh -uh. And once you've seen Jehovah Shalom, yes. it transports you to its reality. I hope you is watching. He's saying, it. I have just found the technology of pulling the future into the now. Yeah. I'm living what I can see in God. He's already told me, He's already promised me, even though the storm is telling me something different. Therefore, go. I do not live with the reality of the present, but I'm looking at the future and telling myself, I'm pulling that because that is God's intended order for me. That's it it is a perfect order that God has ordained. That's how it There's works. a name called Jehovah Sabaoth. <laughs> Jehovah Sabaoth. Sabaoth. The Lord of hosts. <laughs> this term is the most interesting one. And it's kind of for now. The, 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 we picked 16 names. There are many, many more. But we picked 16 that we felt covered different aspects as, as a widespread as we could find. Right? So this is kind of like our end point of the names before we shift to where we are going for God as far. Yes. So Jehovah's Sabbath was crucial in putting deliberately at this point. Yet, Interestingly, this is one of the most used terms in the Old Testament. Jehovah Sabbath, El Sabbath, used so many times that literally, you know I like numbers, almost 285 times. <laughs> that tells you this is an active dimension of God's name. It's first used in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 3. And it's interesting in the same that the story here actually just refers to Elkanah, who would go 
generally, you will always go to the temple to pray to the Lord of hosts. So we, that's first reference. Now we're not going to go into the technology there. We're just going to talk about this was the first reference. Okay. But remember after that, we have what? Almost 285 references. What does this scripture mean? Right? So the significance of this scripture, we've talked on it before. Yes. That's why we're not going to really labor it. Yeah. But let's just condense the reality. Listen, the word hosts means armies. Okay. So the Lord of armies. Yeah. Hosts is <laughs> for armies. This is old English, Shakespeare English. I think this King James thing, man, <laughs> give us words that we can't relate to. Yeah. When somebody tells you the King of Hosts, yes. the Lord of Hosts, you're like the only hosting I know is bringing people into my house. There you go. So what do we mean by hosts? Yes. Then somebody else whispers to us yeah. when you say the Lord of Hosts, mm. we mean just somehow the Lord of War. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. You know? So this is not even the Lord of War. I know we like using that yes. term. The Lord of War. The Lord of War creates the idea that God is fighting someone. There's nobody with the capacity to fight God. So it doesn't need war. The term normally translated in English, the Lord of War, is actually the Lord of Armies. Remember, we are limited as interpreters. We want to pull God into our understanding yes. instead of going to his understanding of what he was saying. It's what to know that if that is what it says, then God's armies are not like ours. <laughs> Can you agree? But There's ours no... is because we are at war. And I would have an army yes. if I'm not expecting and, war. And, and we think we can really describe God's armies as ours. If you were in the days of the Roman army, mm -hmm. to you God's armies were people with swords, yes. shields, and a spear. If you moved on, God had military times. If you moved on, God has drones. Make up your mind. We, how does his army work? Since it's far beyond what we do. In fact, if you even look naturally at his army, he has one angel that wipes out a whole nation. So his army, the rest of them, what are they? What are they he doing? only needs one. Yeah, the rest must be yawning, wondering when will there be a war. So this idea of a war, Armageddon, the devil has got all these armies. Listen, the term spiritual warfare we have used, and I'm just digressing briefly to bring this clarity is not found in scripture. Spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is not a term in scripture. Okay. I know we try to draw from a conversation to force the term. Mm -hmm. Because we still think there's a war. Right? So we think that spiritual warfare, some of us are still waiting for angels and demons to put at the end of the world. They are both invisible. Why do they include them? <laughs> <laughs> why, do they, why don't they do their work? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and send us a message I mean, to move on. I had to throw I that in there. Things, Let's get away from I think there's some things we do in church. If yes. we really want to sit and think that we say that there's a war between God and the devil. Okay, oh, wait. This is cre creator and creation. You now, you create a computer and then the computer is fighting you. There you go. That's how you think God is. Yes. You know? It doesn't work like that. Okay, all you need to do is switch off the computer. Yeah, yeah, switch it off. What are you and doing? if they're to have a war, they don't live in time. Why are they waiting for you? Right? You should have fired including you because yeah. you are part of the world. Since you can't even see it. <laughs> so let's remove those concepts. Someone when it comes to dealing with the demons, yeah. God won't. It's your job. Mm. It says you who believe will cast out demons. So leave God out of it. Are you seeing how many things we've wow. created that are not even there? So when God's armies step in, my friend, you're dealing with a different dynamic. So the armies of God, what yes. are they? Because now yes. we know they're not men. And women. Exactly. Number two, if God was dependent on you, we know we call ourselves the army of the Lord, isn't it? 
if he was depending on you and the way you fear the devil Listen, I sang who that are you song. fighting I sang that song I'm a soldier in the army which division infantry <laughs> airborne yeah tankers mm-hmm. which part and who is the enemy so if you look at this now let's look at ourselves here right all of us put together the church fears the devil and that is why when you go and talk about god in church people can even sleep and you're talking about their father their creator they will sleep the minute you touch the devil they are, they are awake and they all go loud you can't help laughing yeah this one one demon 50 people you know really then these same people now remember they fear the devil some of these people now fear water if you're going to fight Look at the things you fear. Others fear animals, others fear snakes. Others fear another fear. Which army is this? I mean, what kind of an army? Can you imagine if God was depending on you? And he's sending you into the waters to fight. Or he's sending you to the forest and you fear. So, are you realizing you're not the army of God is talking about? You never... Yes. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so if you have... Armies. If you find the term, yeah. army, yeah. when Paul said, who goes to war at his own, expense. He's using a metaphor of the Roman army mm. to explain a concept. He's not telling you you join the army. <laughs> no. He's using a concept to explain that God supplies. There, no military because the military was all around them. So they could understand these guys do not go to war at their own expense. Mm. They have a government that takes care of them. That was the metaphor. And that's the same time when they say when you talk about the Helmet of salvation and all metaphors. This. He uses what you know. Look what at this guy. See. He has a helmet. Let's use that to give you an idea of what you mean when you say take on the belt. That's it. Take on the so when you're taking those things, you are not now becoming the army of God because most of the people go to war yeah. and the helmet is missing. Yes, and then some go with a helmet only. <laughs> That's salvation. salvation. Which war can you fight with a helmet? <laughs> the know, rest of them? So, so assume we were we were running down the enemy. <laughs> Well, this big army would appear. Yeah. With the guys wearing helmets. Helmets, they are all saved. Nothing else. They do not have the, the belt. Nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> the sandals. I am saved. I am saved. Helmet. Protecting your head only. What about the rest of your body? Hmm. So these That's concepts the have to be understood. <laughs> Tell us about these armies of God. Because he's the, whole, the Lord of hosts. The word armies hmm. means anything moving in formation under direction. That means even in his creation, he has armies. Okay. From the micro level, we're talking about atoms. Do you know how they move? They're an army. Insects, have you seen how they operate? Have you seen ants? That's what I told consider the ants. Study one of God's armies. Learn from it. Have you seen the birds? There's an army how called the locusts. Yes. Just coming, my the friend. army of locusts. And God says, <laughs> when I send my army, the locusts. We go and read Joel, it says the, the army that I sent, then you realize the army were locusts. So the principle is even angels, we do not know what that dimension. And remember the term angels means sent ones. So technically, the ants are angels if they are sent. Yes. Ask those who've been met by safari ants. <laughs> then you'll know their capacity for warfare. So when you talk about God right? as the Lord of hosts, yes. the Lord of armies, it means anything that moves in a massive formation at his bidding. Now that is a powerful concept if you can interpret it. It's not natural geography. Okay. Listen, let me give an example. We do not know whether we say an angel of the Lord. 
one of the lords are because of the Lord of Hosts that went against Jericho. Yes. That means he went there in a military formation. Okay. Okay. We don't know if one angel pushed down the walls, or we don't know if God caused atomic particles to explode and the wall disappeared. Mm. Both are the army mm -hmm. of the Lord. So when you talk about the army of the Lord, yes. you now know that when you're talking about the angels, and you say, like you're saying, yeah. angel sent means sent one. Not only winged creatures. <laughs> can be insects. Yes. Can be the weather. Can be. It's not. God is not limited to people, as yes. and He's not limited to English. Yes. So God is talking about His army. Exactly. And this particular kind of army, when He sends it, it will accomplish what He said it to do. Absolutely. Some of them will not yeah. even understood. Some we don't even know. Yeah. And let me say this: Whenever God specifically spoke of angels in the Bible, yes, we use terms like beings, cherubims. Seraphims, not just the term angel. That means there is that level we know nothing about. So why would God talk to us about a dimension we can't see? Yeah. Why would God discuss with us in scripture the Lord of armies if we don't see that army? It means the armies he's discussing are within our path. That we are talking about the names of God. And we are saying that these are names that we interact with every day because it's supposed to be a reality. It's not supposed to be a reading. It's not a scripture. We take the scripture out of the book and we make it a reality, an experience in our lives. So yeah. when we talk about Jehovah, we are now saying, listen, we now know who the Lord is. When I say I am saved and the Lord is my Savior, yep. we are talking about Jehovah. The I am is my Lord, my God. We are going to that place where we are talking about the Father. Remember, we are talking about God as the Creator yes, and the God. God as Father. That's what we are talking about.